0: Hi, Spacemakers. This is Sarah Heath and my fabulous co-host, Josie Jimenez. It is good to be with you this week. And um, this is a space, this is a space, this is a podcast about making spaces, both literally and figuratively for folks. Um, It has been a crazy week, friends. When we last left you, last time we talked, people were voting. Mm Mm-hmm. For the next president of the United mm-hmm. States of America. And uh, then we waited. And then we waited. And then we waited. And then finally, we're recording this on Sunday. Saturday, they announced it. Our new president is President Joe Biden. President elect, I should say, is Joe Biden. And our vice president is, I always want to say her name right. It's Kamala, right? Kamala so. Harris. And she is fantastic as far as being a space maker herself, as someone who is both Black and uh, Indian-Asian background. And uh, she went to school in Canada. A lot of people don't know that about her. Um, And then she went to college at Howard University, where a bunch of my friends went. And I got to tell you, it was so powerful. Just speech was great. But her speech, seeing someone take up space that is someone like her, the first woman, the first woman of color, it was profound. How are you feeling after such a crazy week? You and I were just talking about how this has just been an exhausting week for us work-wise, and then throw this in.
1: Mm -hmm. I am, as somebody who grew up saying until high school that I was going to be the president of the United States one day, um, I am overjoyed that there is a woman in the White House, that they will create policy together. And mind you, I don't necessarily agree with both of them on many a thing, right? Um, (laughs) But it's just like all these leaps and bounds forward for women. If you can be vice president, it's not that. It's not the big of a leap to be the motherfucking president.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's definitely that. I, um, I was sharing with you, I like ugly cried when I watched a video of my friend and she went to Howard university. So it's, she's playing just the fight song of Howard and um, just overwhelmed by this idea that someone from their school, um, a, I mean, it's a great school um, is, you know, the vice president, but I got overwhelmed with the thought that her daughter is going to get to see a female black vice president and madam president. Madam vice president. It's a big deal. Um, so it feels like that was heavy. There there's been a lot of, um, just crazy stuff as one candidate asked for a revote and, uh, Georgia has been going through a lot. So it's just, there's a lot of heaviness around and people are, have been afraid from both sides. And so far it feels a little calmer now. And the season is literally changing here. So like you can hear it's really loud in my apartment right now because my windows are um, not the best. We'll say that. And now we're having weather, which we never have. So it's like the season is changing. Things are changing. How are you feeling about all of it, my Joes? Um, Seasonal depression is very real.
1: Um, And I always notice because I get super sleepy like a parrot as soon as the sun goes down parrots you put like a blanket over their cage and they immediately fall asleep.
0: That's me. Something I'm learning. Okay. Did not Mm -hmm. know that about parrots. Yep. Uh, that's how you put them to sleep. You just put a blanket over their cage.
1: I've Um, never been
0: charged with putting a parrot to sleep. I'll be honest.
1: Yeah. So I'm pretty much exactly like that. The sun goes down. It's dark outside time for bed, which is a problematic when it's dark at 5 PM. Yes. Which only, uh, amplifies political, uh, anxiety work things like you leave work
0: at five and it's dark outside what what kind of bullshit is that <laughs> i know it's it's hard it's still like the rest of the country experiences a lot of the time so it's hard I mean,
1: luckily we don't have snow because otherwise i would i mean this is why i live in california right
0: because i don't yes. like i don't like the snow i don't like weather <laughs> i do like weather um <laughs> it's true i do um although i gotta admit to you i don't do gray well at all. And I grew up in a place that's really gray. Um, It's a good thing you're not moving to Seattle anytime soon. I'm not going to be moving to Seattle anytime soon. Other people love it. Glad they love it. Not for me. Mm -mm. All right, friend. I cannot wait to share. So yes, we've got that as a space making fun thing. I cannot wait to share this week's episode with people. Um, It's one of my favorite conversations. We've had a lot of great conversations over the last two seasons but this is maybe my favorite one um and it's uh Chris Rodriguez who is a choreographer he's a pastor he's a musician um he is someone who does justice work through movement uh he works with corporations to help people learn embodiment i mean the stories he shares are incredible he says one thing you're going to want to listen to this is the Easter egg he says one thing that we're turning into a t-shirt because it was so profound
1: yeah. And uh, it's a pretty cute t shirt. Pretty, pretty cool looking. Um, I think with Chris having this conversation uh, before, I know a lot of people are probably like, ugh, dancer, ugh, like movement. I don't <laughs> Whereas I'm move. like, dancer, I'm yeah. a dancer. <laughs> I don't work out, I don't move my body. Um, that is me, friends. So, <laughs> but we had the conversation about how embodiment is not just necessarily about, you know, movement, it's about you know, the body in your body. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I'm excited too, because it, uh, Chris was someone who followed me and, uh, was an uh, Instagram friend. We'll say, um, from the very beginning, from before I had very many followers on the Instagrams, um, he's just been incredibly supportive. And then I started looking at his work and it is inspirational beyond belief. Um, and as we're looking for ways we can heal, not just as individuals, but corporately, um, the idea that he shares, um, are they're profound. So I'm excited for that. So friends, check him out on Instagram, check us out on Instagram at uh, making spaces podcast. We would love for you to leave a comment, follow us. That'd be great. We're just growing that atmosphere there. We would love for you to leave us a voicemail, leave us a review. Uh, this is a podcast that's beginning to grow, but we definitely need your help to get it to the next place. Anything else you want to add before we jump into this great conversation? Uh, y'all get ready for some joy. There's a lot of joy in this one. Yes, there's a lot of joy. Actually, if you want to go to YouTube and just YouTube right now, it's on my site, but YouTube slash uh, Sarah Heath, Rev Sarah Heath, um, <laughs> you will see one of the most joyful humans uh, Chris really is. All right. So let's get into it.
2: The body can do amazing, amazing things. So when we talk about this time that we're in, right, of people just finding, like just finding themselves so tense and everything else, part of that is the time we're in of, yo, racial inequality, like um, COVID-19, a nuts presidential election. And that's on top of years of trying to fit into boxes that were never meant for you. That's years of just like literally like holding so much tension that it's literally physiologically changing the shape of your body. That's years of the nervous system just trying to give us signals of like, hey, like something needs to change. Um, And we just have no language to connect with, with what our body intuitively is trying to tell us.
0: Hi, friends. Welcome to the Making Spaces podcast, a podcast about making space for people both literally and figuratively from design or making spaces in your community for other people. So my name is Sarah Heath, and this is my incredible co-host. Josie Jimenez, who is slapping herself awake at 11 a.m. It's fine. I'm a functioning human being. <laughs> She's doing great, everyone. Uh, today, I'm really excited because this is this is one of my internet friends. That sounded creepier, Chris, than I was hoping it would. So, um, Chris is uh, Chris Rodriguez is a pastor, but he's also a dancer, and so he does a lot of. Um, embodiment and dancing and kind of especially during this time it has been really neat to see people um, engaging your work through their body so we always start with a really tough question are you ready I think so I think so okay where is one of your favorite spaces and then why okay so
2: I thought about this and I have an indoor space and and an outdoor space
0: we will accept right Josie will accept both can we accept both? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> we take both uh, answers. Go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So
2: indoor space. Um probably my living room, right? I was thinking about it. Um, so I live in I live a little outside of Oakland, right? Um, I'm not in like a like a super like wealthy neighborhood. It's just like a basic neighborhood. A bunch of As a
0: pastor, like, you're not in a wealthy neighborhood. Weird.
2: I know, right? It's it's kinda kinda crazy. We need to pray about that one, right? Uh, but, but so, you know, you walk in to my house and then you kind of get transported somewhere else because, you know, I'm sitting on the couch and I'm looking at all my books and then behind me, there's a, um, there's, there's artwork from my sister-in-law that she made for my birthday. And it's like all the animals of the different States I lived in. And it's like watercolor and it's beautiful. Um, and usually when I'm sitting on the couch, I have a, I have a, um, big old lap dog that's actually not a lap dog a pit bull named mamba right and he, he yeah so we got him we got him the week after uh kobe passed so mm. we had to that was a know, perfect name mamba mentality so he's he's laying behind me on the couch right when i'm sitting on the couch and then my wife is usually next to me just reading or studying and it's just like man I feel like this is, this is home. This is, this is, this is a good, a good place to be. So that's my indoor space. Um, love it. And then my outdoor space, I don't know if you spent much time in the Bay area, um, but there is a, a beach that I love Near beach. It's right. It's North of San Francisco and it sits right underneath Mount Timelpie. So that's where the, um, the Muir woods are. Right. So, there's this hiking trail over there and you're hiking along the coast if you go far enough you actually get into the forest so you have beach you got mountain you got forest and that's for me that I mean I've 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 done a lot of good work um just kind of in in myself and on myself there you know um, and I think that place is so special to me because I didn't grow up in nature. I didn't grow up knowing that was a thing. I grew up in inner city, New Jersey, um, and we called it the concrete jungle, right? So like the environment was, yo, you got to be inside before the street lights come on um, because dangerous things happen out there, right? So it was this whole part of me that I didn't discover until until I was older. And now it's become just nature in general has become a place where I've really um find my truest self
0: you know i love
1: that chris i just got a little emotional because i my family likes to take road trips from la to san francisco whenever my family visits for mexico for whatever reason they just (laughs) like to go to san francisco um and they're not very good travelers so we'll go down lombard street and then we'll go to the golden gate bridge and that's about it but we always hit up that specific location that you're talking about. We uh, always go there, to that beach, that hiking trail, Mer Woods. all that little area
0: is like uh, so ingrained in my family history. I don't know, I just interesting. We need to pause for a moment and recognize that Josie is admitting to hiking.
1: I, yes. like, I own hiking boots. I like <laughs> to hike. <laughs> she but is I...
0: convinced that her husband yeah. is trying to take her out into the woods to kill her.
1: So... My partner is a tall white man. I'm a average height Mexican woman, and he likes to go climb mountains, climb Mount Whitney, you know, backpack through the wilderness because he's a white dude who's never had to fear anything in his fucking life. And I'm over here like, I'll I'll go on a little hike. I'm also kind of lazy, so I'll go on a little hike, not too much elevation. I've got the boots, but I'm not gonna go traverse the wilderness for a week where people can murder me or animals can uh, murder
2: me. I love that and I can, and I appreciate that so much because if you know, you know, you know, just like it's just like this unspoken <laughs> thing. Like, you know, like part of the thing was like the environment was like, yo, you, you know, you don't go out, something dangerous happened. But then there's this also this thing like, yo, like black people don't do that stuff, right? I actually <laughs> didn't, you know, like I didn't, I didn't learn My wife actually had to teach me. Um, She grew up in a family, um, grew up in Oklahoma. Like her dad led backpacking trips and um, her brother taught me how to shoot a gun. You know, just all these things. Like I didn't know how to do any of this stuff. Like her (laughs) her brother has like this big burly red beard and he goes hunting like all the time with a bow, you know? And so all this stuff, like I had to, I'm like, what in the world? is this this thing this culture this is a thing people do this stuff why like why do people do this and then now i'm the one that people are like chris why
0: do you do that right there's well, a lot people do off. it
1: because they have nothing to fear so they try to make up these That's situations true. anyways so they make saying, up Sarah? situations
0: <laughs> to be afraid of i know what go into the <laughs> den of a bear and then um See how close you get to the divine. Yeah, that's probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, Josie has a lot of like theories on like white male artists creating drama in their lives because she's like, they don't have drama to create art from within. Mm-hmm. So they've mm-hmm. got to make space for drama. Mm-hmm. So they're the worst. <laughs> so that's Josie. Chris exactly love exactly what I'm
1: talking about. Me knew-
0: you. I-, I mean you'd love her. She's great. She
2: informs so- me oh my goodness Uh, you know like so part of part of the thing is like i like i have always been like the 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 safe black guy for people you know i've always been the black guy that existed in non-black faces right like so like in the dance and fitness world you know i'm in silicon valley right now so i'm you know i'm around like silicon valley people and when i'm teaching classes and everything Churches, I'm typically in, like, white evangelical, evangelical churches. I remember, I remember um, doing my internship in college. At, um, I was a worship major. And I was at this, um, this big Southern Baptist church. I went to college in Tulsa. Um, and it's Easter Sunday, and I'm singing. And he's like, okay, we got to throw a hymn in there. Um, we're going to do amazing Grace." Chris, you're gonna sing it and you gotta sing it with some soul. All right. You know what I mean, right? You know, like that, that kind of thing. It's like, yeah.
1: <laughs> yes, I'm aware of what you want right now. <laughs> so so I say
2: I say all that to say like um I appreciate people who um who haven't made their place um being the person that is the safe person for people in the room. So, yes, I will. I think Josie, yeah.
0: the, her story though, I think as you speak through this space idea, the reason Josie is the way she is, if I may armchair psychology for a minute, partly is because when she went to a college where she was the safe, you know, uh, Hispanic person that people knew um, and the safe feminist that they knew. And, um, for her to, her uh, ability to push people out of their boundary, like they're friends first and then she comes at them real hard. But, you know, she starts, (laughs) she starts with like friendship. She has all of these, I think people listening to the podcast sometimes are like, wow, you know, she's so tough and strong. I'm like, yeah, but she also has all these friendships outside of people who agree with her and she's really good at that. So I think there Mm -hmm. is some sense too, where having to be the safe person, Man, it wears. I can't imagine. Actually, one of the things I've loved is over this time is there's just been so much tension in people's bodies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as I've been talking to my black friends, I hate that saying, but um, my friends who are black, um, the conversation is often like, "There's tension in my body that I I've been carrying for a long time, but it's like I can finally feel. I feel this tension, and I think movement." um, has been an incredible way to release it as I've been watching you do that sort of thing. Do you think like what came first for you? Was it movement as a way of expression or kind of, how did you get into this dancing as part of it? And then, cause it sounds like you were right. already like on the worship track, putting soul into amazing grace.
2: <laughs> right, right, right. Well, I mean,
0: yeah. So it's, Butch, by it, the way, I was so afraid you were going to say he was going to make you sing Wade in the water. And I was going to be like, I can't continue with no. this, I'm so ashamed for my de- like race. I just need to like hit Uh bad nah, he, just,
2: he just wanted, he just wanted a little Ray Charles on it, you know. <laughs> um, it's fine. It's fine. I, I <laughs> anyway. It, doesn't um, like it so, so, um, so it's. I have this. Um, so what came first? So when we talk about like this kind of movement itself, I think of think of language right we are all learning a language um, and you know Father Roy talks a lot about you know we learn uh, most of us learn our survival dance but don't learn our sacred dance right
0: mm. um,
2: so the first Ooh, language that, that I uh, I love it I love it when I heard that. I'm like this is this is you're on to something man um, but like for me, some of the first language I learned was aggression, right? Mm. I had to learn like, look, don't look them in their eyes. somebody looks you in your eyes you gotta you gotta make sure that you are gonna be you're gonna act tough because that's what that's the that's the dance right now. you gotta survive mm. um, you gotta you gotta eat or be eaten that that kind of thing. while all this is happening, and I'm trying to be tough. Like my mom still, um, she's like on every board at church and, you know, she's like a preaching evangelist and she's doing things like, so I'm getting dragged to church. Like I was at church like every day of the week um, because we had to go to church. And what was happening is I started, I started falling in love with just music in general, specifically like Um, that mid nineties, hip hop, R&B, New York. So like Biggie and Busta Rhymes and, you know, Lauryn Hill and Nas, like all that stuff. Like that's what I was, I I fell in love with words first and Mm. storytelling. Right. So I started, um, just writing, um, I started singing and I started um, writing songs and I started writing poetry. Um, and then I tried dance one day. I like just tried like I was watching a uh, genuine music video and he uh, yeah. I just saw yeah. him
0: two years ago. Guys, I, the man is like 55 and still hey, can pony like that slide foot. <laughs> Do you know the slide foot I'm talking about? He puts that yeah, out yeah. on the stage, just the foot and people lost their minds. And then he slid <laughs> his foot in and we were like, we know who that is. That is genuine's Uh, toe. We know it is genuine's toe. I love it. I love it. I love it.
2: Yeah. Okay. So great. I'm. I'm glad. I'm glad that that landed somewhere. Right. Because man, y'all know who genuine is. Fix yourself.
0: Fix yourself. I can't fix you. Uh, Fix
2: yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Fix yourself. Pray about it. But um. But I just. I just tried it, and you know we didn't have dance studios or anything like that. Um, so I just watched music videos. We'd we'd record over VHSs of like Michael Jackson performances and Usher performances and genuine performances. Like it would be like my mom's evangelist preacher VHS tapes, and yeah, and my cousin we'd record over them, and we'd like watch a Michael Jackson Smooth Criminal performance, and and then we'd learn it, and that's and that's how that was that was that was how we learned how we learned how to move. The thing is like. As a kid, you know, you don't put too much thought into that. It's like, I was learning, I was learning a different language. I was learning this language of movement, but I didn't know that. I just was enjoying it. So the more I enjoyed it, the more I put more time, more work into it. Still music, still dance, all that stuff. And somewhere in there, like um, the church thing stuck. Uh, I started, me and my cousin were able to like perform at youth group. We always had to go and we were like, great you know we got the, the, the cute girls there and everything but then but then they started um, letting us dance there and do do performances and different things like that and and a different layer was was added like I have learned this language of movement um, and a different way of cope and coping and I didn't need to be aggressive anymore as a way to cope but also I had these um, these people that were mentoring me um, so I was learning this this thing of, you know, there were elders that give you permission to be yourself, right? Um, and it wasn't until I got older, um, honestly, a few years ago, be- before I started connecting the dots and like, whoa, like I learned a language that has helped me get from Irvington, New Jersey, where I am today right um therapy was a part of it right like um yeah we we believe in God and therapists but I had this moment so I was um one of one of the things that I do out here is I teach um dance and fitness classes at company so that's what that's what dancers and fitness instructors do in the Bay Area because you know it's Silicon Valley. Those are the people that hire you. And um I was I had a contract at Stanford for um employees. So you and, tell people um, you went to
0: Stanford. I mean you went there. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I went to No, Stanford. I can tell
2: them I'm a I'm a teacher at Stanford.
0: Yeah, you are. And they say
2: <laughs> and they say, they say, Oh. <laughs> oh, you teach? What do you teach? Don't worry about that. You know, <laughs> are you a professor? Yes, embodiment. Professor. I teach embodiment. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I I name drop that as as much as as much as I need to. You know, uh, but but I had this I had this moment. So, like, I'm doing this dance class, and so many different types of um types of staff came through. Like there was one um there was one year I had like some do- some doctors um who were in the class. Um there was one year I had one of the grad business teams like in the class. And then one day I like meet some of our colleagues and they're like, oh, you're the reason why she always comes back um in a good mood. And I'm like, what the right? Like, you know, so I'm having these moments, but I had one moment in particular um with uh with the student and she was she came to Stanford as a fellow um, at the at the design school. And she had done years. Of, her Her name's Yasmin. She's like one of she's just one of my good friends now. Um, and she spent most of her career in, in global health, um, AIDS work in Sudan like her. She's accomplished so much. She used to work for the, um, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Um, She came back as a fellow. Her daughter is a professor at Stanford, um, CNN um, correspondent, and Emmy winner, and author, and all this stuff. I mean, same, but cool. Right, right, right. I know, (laughs) I know. She just, uh, I mean, so she comes into my class and she um, she says, Hey, I've done a lot of stuff. And I I need to say this too. She is also an Indian. Muslim woman from East London, right? Who is in global health, right? Like, so like all those, all those, like her story is incredible, right? She's she's an inspiration to me, all this stuff. But she said, hey, I've done a lot of stuff, but I'm in your class because I want to learn how to connect with my body. Oof. Um, She, you know, one day maybe she can be, uh, on the podcast, but she, Please, um, she, I mean, yeah, she incredible story. She, um, she left, she left the life of uh, where she was abused, or, or, or arranged marriage. She took her daughter and said, "Hey, I want my daughter to have a voice." When she was six, and they just went out, and she like paved the way for her daughter, right? So she's done all this stuff, and she said, "Hey, but I'm trying to learn how to connect with my body while I'm here." So I'm taking your class for that. And that just sent me down a rabbit hole of like, I think, I think this is not just about dance anymore. So I started having conversations with my therapist. He's like, Hey, have you ever read this book? The body keeps the score. Oh. Um, Bessel van der Kolk. And I, and I read it and I took a deep dive down that rabbit hole. Um, started reading, um, Peter Levine's work started just reading about somatic body practices and learning as I'm as I'm as I'm meeting this woman, as I'm seeing this, as I'm seeing I'm in Silicon Valley teaching these people how to dance who have everything. They're here looking for something else. What is that? And so yeah, so. I started doing just a deep dive into research and, and different things like that. But then I actually just invested into a more generalized movement practice. So I started chewing on yoga and uh, strength work and animal movement and just started just, just
0: eating, eating, That's eating. That's crazy. I just learned about this like animal movement. There's a girl on Instagram who's shredded out of her mind. Cause I'm someone who loves fitness, loves dance. And she, mm-hmm. just to, you probably follow her. She's just like, all she, I think she's in Austin. All she does is like, oh, um,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. Out of, on it, yeah.
0: It is all stuff. functional movement. It is, it is all yeah. like, how does that get you? But it's like her point is like, you are actually attaching to what your body primally wants to do. When you're lifting a weight, right. you're fighting your body. But when you are using your body in these ways, and there's another guy who's, um, I think he's in, I want to say Israel or somewhere like that. Itel Patel. Itel Patel. Yes. Another he's guy. The, so one of his
2: students, one of his students is actually in San Francisco. One of his another one of his students is students in Santa Cruz. So that's the that's the training that I got into. Ido Patel, he's the. I mean, yeah. So he what he does is he takes the best practices of every type of movement. So contemporary dance, um, jujitsu, capoeira, uh, gymnastics, parkour, strength training, box, and soccer. Like your animal movement. Like you'll be like. We juggle in in classes, like we dribble tennis balls. Um, we shadow box. Um, it's just the body can do amazing, amazing things. Um, and so, so when we talk about um, this time that we're in, right, of people just finding, um, like, just finding themselves so tense and everything else. Part of that is the time we're in of, yo, racial inequality, like um, COVID 19, a nuts presidential election. Um, And that's on top of years of trying to fit into boxes that were never meant for you. That's years of just like literally like holding so much tension that it's literally physiologically changing the shape of your body. that's years of the nervous system. Um, just trying to give us signals of like, Hey, like something needs to change. Um, and we just have no language to connect with, um, with what our body intuitively is trying to tell us. Right. So it, yeah,
0: it's beautiful, I, like I nerd primal out on this beautiful connection. That's gorgeous. I, one of my, um, stories that I tell all the time because it was nothing less than transformational as I started at two, um, taking formal ballet classes, like as a tiny child. And this will tell you the difference between my brother and I. So my brother is an electrical engineer. So I was two and Jonathan was four. He was an electrical engineer at four. Just, he is smart, but he's not that smart. And we were doing like dance things. And the teacher said, um, you know, my mom took us to dance class because we're Canadians, So there wasn't the weird, like don't take dudes to class dance class. Um, but yeah, yeah. we were in dance class and the teacher said, act like an elephant. And I just started acting like an elephant and moving. And my brother went, I'm not an elephant. I'm a little boy and sat down. <laughs> he was so confused yes. like, where, you know, his body. And it's so funny. Ooh. Cause like, what does that say about like, I need to be in this box and do this thing. So when I got to seminary, I did not fit in at all. But I danced from the time I was tiny. But I'd like taken breaks and I was a soccer player. And being in my body has been something that like struggled with eating disorder, all this sort of like my, my body has been both my biggest enemy and the place I go when I need to release or move. And so right. when I was in graduate school, I my first week, I didn't fit in. I felt like Elle Woods from Legally Blonde, like, who the hell let me in? Like, this feels yeah. weird. And one of my friends, Halima, who is also an RA, asked me to try out for a dance team. And it's one of my favorite stories because it's like, how do you bait and switch people? She was like, try out for this dance team. You'll be fine. And um, she said, it is undergrads, but you're going to be fine. So I showed up and literally it was an all-black dance team. And she was like, it was called Dance Black. How did you not know? And I was like, well, um, I thought like our colors are black and blue at Duke. So I I don't know what I thought. But I did not (laughs) think it would be an all-black dance team. Yes. Yeah but I learned to goal. move for two years when you were a classically trained ballerina and to yes. learn to move. I mean there was there a great yeah. moment like my first year, probably six months in, we're doing this dance and um, we actually had the chore- we had uh, the choreographer who did outcasts videos she was coming to like host our dance show our first dance show which my parents came to which by the way my two itty bitty white parents coming to the martin luther king vibe which is visual interpretations of black expression which was our show first time i've ever been Uh, dancing in a sold out dance show um great it was great like so much so we're like working on this like movement and i just couldn't get it in front of everybody and it's late at night and i remember just saying I'm white. And somebody yelled in the back, she said it. Cause like nobody wanted to address that there has been a white person in the room for like (laughs) six months. But for me to be like, guys, I need to learn how to connect with that part of my body. But it was so great to, I learned so much about the importance of being for a person who doesn't even realize they have privilege of being in an uncomfortable space and dance really was this like leveling ground. It was like doing something with our body helped us do something with our minds, helped us, you know, Mm. um, create this bond, helped us work through some things, helped me work through the stress of grad school help help. Yeah. And I think about those years are some of my favorite years. Some of my most embarrassed, I mean, I can't imagine this woman in your class, like, you, you have to let go of embarrassment. You have to learn a language that you're not good at, right? What's the most embarrassing thing about language? Is you can't, don't know how yeah, to do just, it.
2: Oh, uh, man. Gosh. So when you tell me that story, I feel like that is like the truest, one of the truest stories of um this idea of of belonging to the place you're in right like I feel like everything is pushing us to um, everything's pushing us to this place of fit do what it takes to fit Um, and we've gotten to this point where it's like people we're fighting to, like, people don't, people are fighting to say, like, hey, do I matter? Like, right? Mm. Like, do Black lives matter? And then the response is like, well, what about every other life? Like, do do all lives matter? And then the, uh, wh- what about, like, blue lives? Like, do, do we matter? And it's this thing, like, culturally, like, we've been going to, like, fit, 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 and, like, nobody belongs. So you go to a space, you go to this group where, you don't necessarily fit but you absolutely belong there right Mm -hmm. um yeah and i i love exploring exploring that like how can we create um spaces where people actually don't just fit aren't just the same aren't just like engaging in group fit but belong because there's respect and, and curiosity and peace. And, and those, 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 those different parts. So, yeah, I love that story.
0: Movement. I'm telling you like being bad when you have been a trained dancer. I mean, I used to go to uh, the national ballet school of Canada and take tests. Can you imagine taking tests with all French teachers, all in French, you know, bun had to be perfect. Um, uh, You know, all that. And then now I'm like learning to do like body rolls, like rolling on the ground, which I'm like, I'm Canadian and British. We don't roll on the ground publicly. That's weird. But it was beautiful. And being terrible at it and being like, like, why is my leg over here? And everybody else's leg is over here and just going, oh, like, and yet they would say, let's do it again. So I tried to do it again, you know? And I, I mean, I, I'm so glad that we didn't have as many ways of like, I'm glad my parents couldn't put that on their cell phones at the time, because I don't want to see yeah. me trying to do that, you know? Oh my gosh. Oh, Talking to you guys God. about embodiment
1: is so interesting because I am not a dancer in any way, shape or form. Uh, my parents had us or raised us in a assemblies of God Pentecostal church and dancing is not allowed unless you're jumping through the aisles you know like there's no dancing and whatever although I did take a hip-hop class at church but it was very stiff like it was looking back it was not hip-hop but whatever um (laughs) I really need I need the video footage of that there probably is somewhere there I know it was it was insane um but I have a different experience with embodiment in the sense that like I've gone through therapy for most of my life I started at age eight seven eight years old going to therapy and trying to wrestle through things and as I grew older the more my body rejected myself itself um like I went to the physical therapist at one point in college because my back was hurting to like this incredible extent. And I wasn't inactive. I mean, I walked around and I wasn't just (laughs) stationary like a lot of people. Um, And I went in there and they're like, feeling me up like physical therapists do. And they're like, well, first of all, your spine is not, it's too straight. Like you don't have a curve in your spine like normal people do. Um, So like, it's, pushed inward and your rib cage is like propped open cause your muscles are pulling on it so much from like this tension. Um, and all of this is causing like your pain. And that was like the start of this journey of me having to pay attention to my body and what I'm doing and how my tension is playing out or even like my traps up here are hard as a rock most of the time because they're just so full of tension. And luckily I have a partner now who watches YouTube videos on how to massage these things in the best possible way. (laughs) But then books like The Body Keeps the Score come out and they talk about trauma and how it all aligns on your body. And I had a pretty traumatic childhood um, that obviously didn't get worked out in therapy. Um, (laughs) um, But like, and I, I understand like when you say that The first thing you learned is aggression, because the first thing I learned was anger, which is like a part of aggression. And so all that anger has always been built up all over my body and trying to repress it and trying to, you know, not have these huge temper tantrums that I used to have. Um, And, oh, shoot, sorry. And that, this whole embodiment thing, you guys talk about dance and you talk about movement. And for me, it's about just paying attention to like the points in my body where it's all stored and how I can like mindfully try to release all of these little pressure points like these, it's like a little instant pot cooker in my body that has to just like slowly the steam needs to come out. Oh,
2: no, I I love that. I I love that. You know, one thing that I like, I find myself asking people a lot is because, um, my one of my other things I do is I'm I'm a life coach. So when I have my one-on-ones with my with my clients, um, where just somebody's telling me about something distress, and I ask where 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 do you feel that? Like mm. was it you know, I have a um, you know, just someone I care about. She, um, one of her uh, one of her kids. Uh, I think it's been two years now or a year now um, attempted suicide and, um, and, you know, thankfully he, he realized like, as soon as he, you know, did it, he's like, I, I don't want to do this. And he went and got help. And I asked her, I'm like, where, so where do you, where do you feel that? And she said, she said, I just feel my heart sink into my stomach. Um, I had another person, I asked that she was just kind of like, just kind of in this time and like wanting to do meaningful work, feeling like she's working at a corporate job. And, but there's all this stuff happening in in the world with, um, you know, with racial, um, racial tension and trauma and all this stuff. And I'm like, where do you feel? She's like, man, I've just been, I've been balling my fist so much that my wrists just aren't like mm. so much pain. Um, like I clenched my jaw so much. It's, it's like my, my jaw hurts and my neck hurts. And I think, so I just feel like, yeah, what you're saying of just acknowledging it first, like, can we have an awareness, right? Um, sometimes it's not movement that we need sometimes it's stillness um, that we need sometimes it's being able to sit with like all the all the parts all this all the stuff that's happening uh, and just acknowledge like hey this is what's this is what's going on. Uh, I love that like yeah it's it's interesting that you like that you the way that you learn that that was a thing. Right. Um,
1: Very clinically.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's just like, yeah, it's, uh, a lot of people don't get there. A lot of people don't get there. Right. Like, I oh, think
0: religious spaces yeah. put walls up too. They like, Mm -hmm. You know, they use verses like um, my flesh is weak to make sort of a a kind of a a separation between mind and body that's super unhealthy and actually isn't. Uh, Even if you want to talk about scripture and what what's meant by that, you're as if your body is something like my flesh over here, my mind over here. Like Paul did a lot of really bad things. One of them is like making this separation between like as if. Yeah. Sarah sits over there and she need for me, I think a lot of what my thing is was I needed to control my body. Like I need to not take up a lot of space, get as small as I can, be as small as I can, um, because I don't uh. want to take up too much space. And I think religious places and settings have policed woman women's bodies, police the black body, uh, uh, police the expression, yeah, yeah. police the and we don't and because that's bad as if a body is bad. And it really misses out on the divine nature of even the body. If we talk about purity culture, whatever it might be, it all gets back to this, uh, like not God. being able yeah. to be in our, you know, my body is a temple. My body right. is, I mean, the language actually is my body is the temple. Like it's not, yeah. you know, a temple. it is, <sighs> it is where it is all connected. And I think I love this idea of you're helping people name that having an emotion I think for so long we've thought it's all here and and it's not like it's in, by the way, I forgot this was a podcast. I just pointed to my head. Um, It's not just in your head. (laughs) Like it's everywhere. We do post it on YouTube too though. Um, But I think, I I hate how much I think our profession in some ways, Chris has helped people get disembodied.
2: Uh, Yeah. And that's been, that's been a really, a really hard challenge to overcome right as i'm this guy that a lot of a lot of the work that i've found and like just kind of in myself has been in eastern style practices because they don't have this disconnect between mind Mm -hmm. and body um their spiritual practices are very embodied right um and you know that's a threat to a lot of people when i bring when I bring that stuff up yeah i've 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 found myself in these weird situations where um, it's like it's cool that you do that, but don't bring like that philosophy stuff into this because that's like.
1: Well, my parents asked. growing yeah. up were like, you cannot do yoga because you are inviting the devil into your brain and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like the church is very anti-Eastern because they're afraid. Well, one, I think they're afraid of what they don't know and we're not used to. But two, I think they're afraid of embodiment. They're afraid of feeling everything through mind, body and soul. So, I mean, yeah, not to interrupt you. I just think it's funny that my parents are very anti-yoga, even to this day, very anti-yoga.
2: <laughs> uh, it- it's hard, but, yeah, I, I feel like you know, even this even these ideas of, you know, don't you know, um, like who am I that you have uh, made me lower than yourself and crowned me with glory and honor? like made me in your image and your likeness, like body and the body is the temple, this image of God in body form and and we miss. We we have this very like whether I mean us as evangelicals we don't have as high a view of the Eucharist right we, we do, do. It once a month oh okay okay yeah
0: but we still only do it once Good a month job. but that's about time you're welcome
2: <laughs> right, right, right 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 how bad is that right, 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 right. um I love it but like but I have a very high view of the body right there's something. Like this whole thing is cruxed upon this dude that brutally was like murdered and broken. And we do this, this thing where we reflect, remember the broken body of this guy. And then, and then we're like, hey, but don't move your body. Um, don't do anything with your body. Like Jesus did stuff with his body, but you don't do anything with yours right um, so I just how do we how did how do we have that that disconnect you know our whole tradition is based off of the, the broken body of of this guy and 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 even when he comes back he has like these scars and these wounds like he doesn't come back with a perfect body he comes back Oof. with a still broken wounded body and like we're just, and we just we just miss that whole piece of it you know so yeah i I wish there was a way
0: to like connect it in worship without it being performative one of the things that we've got a great uh person in our community who grew up in a similar setting to josie but it was Almost the opposite. So Pentecostal with flags and things like that. got yeah. well, those don't. Oh, we I didn't those? know you. You've never talked uh-huh, about the flags. Yeah, man, that's like a no, given. No. <laughs> but isn't that another way of like police, Like this is what it has to look like. This is what it right. is. Or, you know, I, I remember I got to a church that had a liturgical dance team, which even as a person who grew up dancing makes me really uncomfortable because it's mm-hmm. like contemporary dance, but it's like muted contemporary dance and I'm not judging people's like choreography at all it just makes me giggle because I feel uncomfortable right. um well, like that's I have to I leave feel. the room
2: well that's how I feel when I hear like the worship songs that they like just put like a Justin Bieber little thing on mm-hmm. it or back when Mumford was the what's the thing or or Coldplay was the thing I mean I love it but like I love when Mumford Mumford's you know,
1: right? I like, right. I like
2: it when Coldplay Coldplay, you know, I like it when Bieber, Beavers. You know, <laughs> so I feel like it's a, like I feel like we do these replicas of Again, like these replicas of like You know, a- in college you know, I went to uh, Obviously a Christian University um, And They had Christian Pilates, you know They had to like throw, throw some Christian on On it, like sprinkle that sauce Because you gotta <laughs> sell it you you got Christian it, you got Pilates. It, got it. I it was, it
0: was taught by Karen. Karen definitely teaches Christian Pilates. Yeah I can oh, imagine okay. her. She's policing her body. We are pumping our arms. We are <laughs>
1: like, we right. are like, wearing leggings like, you know, and giant but are,
0: t-shirts. <laughs> but I gotta tell you those leggings like, are not see-through. Mm -mm. Um, double leggings they're lulu row because everyone's selling them at that point with the tennis (laughs) Um... skirt
2: you know right (laughs) yeah but yeah it's it's like this thing of like hey do this thing um because this is important to have this expression um but don't do it too much it's like it's like hey you can have fun but don't have too much fun don't get out of hand with that stuff. You can get that body <laughs> engaged with just enough. Just enough. Because if you go past that line, then you're in the flesh. It's just mm.
0: like,
1: what, what and are we We've doing? been in the
0: flesh the whole time. The whole <laughs> time. You cannot, like, I can't put my meat suit right. over here and then I like, can gauge whatever right. I'm doing. Like, she's with right. me everywhere. I love the Hillary McBride's work around where she refers to her body as she. Um, right. Instead of my, the body, my it's like she, um, reminding her that her body is her. Um, and it's this beautiful connection. And I, man, I'm going to be sitting here thinking about your uh, talking about communion in that way. Um, because it's Eucharist has always, even when I have gone through deconstruction and doubt and like, I don't even, I don't even know what I'm preaching for, but Eucharist always means everything to me always, every time, even last, so last month and t- this week, we'll actually get to do it in person again. We just do, oh. we just do communion in person. And it's like weird. It's these like little individual cups <laughs> with like yeah. a wafer. Yes. I've, I've only ever used those on bedside. It has weird like connection for me. Cause I've only ever used it when I'm doing like last communion for folks or whatever, but to do it with our community, it felt, didn't it feel so holy Josie? Like
1: Yes, it was like this spiritual high that has not existed in covid cuz I think it was like a very communal experience. Yeah, it was I was telling my partner I was like this is like feels this feels sacred right now. I'm running around and working, but it feels sacred work like sacred work.
0: <laughs> it really does and I and it's because I think it's connecting us to something that's already part of us, you know? Um and I love the work that you're doing to sort of challenge people and you're not it's not like you're like teaching people at Stanford and being like oh and um I love Jesus like it's the weirdest thing and yet people are connecting to the spirit in you but the spirit in you isn't like it's not this um right. bait and switch like I'm gonna like Pilates for Jesus that's weird what if we just did mm-hmm. Pilates as Pilates is supposed to be Right.
1: Well, it's the idea of like the church and the the Great Commission or whatever, and then wanting to go to, to Africa to help people with their spirituality while completely ignoring their physical needs. Never mind that they need food and shelter and in some areas like a vaccine or whatever. Never mind that all of these countries and all over the world, they need our help financially to sustain their economies. Their physical needs don't matter because all they need is Jesus instead of the other right. way around saying, here's what you need. Now, maybe you can, we can talk
0: about just maybe if it's
1: appropriate.
0: Or how do we marry yeah. the fact that you like have all the stuff within you to be able to do these things, but because mm-hmm. of oppressive systems, you've not been able to do it for your own body. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's, I think the problem when we put our meat suits away and think, Oh, I've just got to get to a, like this disconnect of mind, body and soul. Um, I love, I love your work, dude. That's all I'm saying.
1: So,
2: so I've been, I've been, I've been thinking a lot and it's nuts. Like, um, it's, it's nuts to be like on the online space, right? Everything we're doing, everything online. I'm not, I'm not really doing, I'm not doing any class in person. They're all virtual, but on this online space, it's just, it's just, and it's like this every election, every time elections come around, it's just horrible and toxic and i just hate myself after <laughs> like why did i just engage in this
0: i had one of those yesterday
1: yeah my ribs hurt
2: well, uh, yeah so i um so i just like so every morning i spend some I, I take the first hour of my morning just writing, and i've been playing around um really writing. and I, I say like you know a lot of people are saying a lot of things they have a lot of Um, A lot of opinions about stuff. They're being dumb. Um, (laughs) Dumb. (laughs) And I just want to, like, give people something of value. I want to build something better. So I'm like, let me start writing down these ideas. And the concept I've been, like, just kind of playing with is this idea of, you know, society is telling us, rewarding us to... Live, surface, shallow lives in in everything we do, um, in our relationships, in our ideas of success, and and our ideas of of ourself, um, and our ideas of work. Uh, but what does it mean to live soulfully? To live a life from the depths of you, out right. Um, I want I want to hear like when I say that like living soulfully. I want to know like what does that like sound like? What does that feel like for you?
0: I think it to when I hear that, and even your hand motions uh, from your chest out um, is very different than living uh, commercially, which is what can I bring in? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like this and it. Um, it's an abandonment of fear. When we are in a soulful, we talked to um, my friend who's an artist the other day, and he was talking about how wonder, when you're in a state of wonder, it's because you've given up needing to define the thing. And I think soulful living is the same way where you're not. I love that. Like you're just walking in. And, and he said like wonder, when you look at a sunrise or sunset, sunrise or sunset, um, you're not like, I know what this is. This is, unless you're like my friend Science Mike who probably loves the idea of like yeah. the refraction of blah 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 but <laughs> well <I> think,
2: actually <laughs> yeah actually what's happening
0: is um uh, but i think there is this like uh when i hear soulful living there's this um what hit my mind right away was letting go of fear um mm. soulful living feels very emboldened it feels very um not afraid of being wrong i don't know maybe that's just where i'm at right now but
2: yeah no i i love that yeah, no, I love Josie, that.
0: what do you think when you hear Soulful Living?
1: Um, I know a lot of people feel their soul in, like, their heart area, um, but for me, it's very much in, like, my stomach and in my hands. That's where I feel my soul. Mm. Um, and probably because my that. reflection of my soul is doing things and kind of, like, it's very tactile. I like to do things for people, with people, about people. Um, and it's also like you said, like, it's like this letting go, but for me, it's also not giving a shit. Me living soulfully is not caring about other people and their opinions and knowing that my heart and my intentions are in the right place. And I'm going to get it wrong, obviously, because we all do, especially me. Um, But that like notion of my parents, like not liking that I dance at weddings or I dance in like these funny ways around the house because it helps my back pain or whatever. I'm just like, I'm always moving. And they don't like that.
0: Um, but Says the girl who claimed earlier that she's not a dancer. Anyway, keep um, going. You can watch me and you can <laughs> see for yourself that I am not a dancer. I'm just Lies. a funny person. Um, can you
1: move your body? You're a dancer. Keep going. All right, whatever. Um, so it's that expression of my soul is not caring and pushing forward and then using my hands to do the work and continuing uh, and pushing past and yeah because if you're truly in touch with your soul then what does whatever other people think matter
2: I I just love that like the answers that y'all gave are two totally different ones and that is the essence of it right it's like ah uh, yes there's something that there's something that I know deeply um, that I knew before I knew it. Uh, mm. and that comes out, right? I, uh,
0: oh I that's the there was something that I know that I knew before I knew it is one of the most incredible theological statements that I think. Um, my entire career, this whole idea of space making is I want to remind people of what's already true. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not a getting myself right so that I'm like all and now I can reach the thing. It's like a return, a return to my Mm -hmm. body, Mm -hmm. a return to my belovedness, a return to my divine connection, a return to who I've always already been. And when I'm in that flow, when I feel that that soulful living is like, who cares? Mm -hmm. Like um, Mm -hmm. if I'm living into that and and I've done policing other people and myself and my, you know, Mm -hmm. there's, we're so afraid of that connection. I think um, because what if it tells me something that's different than the belonging that I've thought I, and I would say is more fitting. You know, we Mm -hmm. used the term earlier fitting versus belonging. And I think a lot of church work is trying to get people to fit because belonging is so hard and vulnerable and so difficult to ask people to do. Um, But it's always been true that they've always belonged.
1: Yeah. I think that, that knowing and that returning is the voice of God, because I mean, that's always how I've heard the voice. People are like, I heard this word and this is a really long paragraph that God told me. And I was like, I just know what I'm supposed to do. That's all. That's the voice I've got to me is I just kind of know that I'm supposed to keep doing it. And that's why I don't give a shit what you think, because
0: the Lord told me, okay, thank you. <laughs> I just want one day. I want one day in Josie's head. I just want to walk around being like, yes.
1: Oh, it's insane up in here. Let me tell you, it's a mess.
0: <laughs> um, Chris, you have been absolute joy to talk to you. I have a feeling you're going to be a regular on making spaces, but we so. want to, Oh, I'd love it. Um, I want to ask kind of the closing question that we ask, um, hating that this conversation is ending, but um, if there's one tangible way that people can make space for themselves or others, if, as you think about this work of movement or however you want to think about it, what is one thing somebody can do that's easy, that doesn't have to be easy, but possible? Hmm.
2: Man, the, the, I've been thinking a lot about this and I think about, I think about the idea of like creating space for others, um, and the and what, I guess what came up for me was, do you remember what it was like when you started something new, um, when you said a joke in a room that just didn't land and they didn't get it. Um, when you had to when you had to fit into somewhere it's like hey like you know look this way be this way act this way do you remember what that looked like for yourself Um, how can you make a space for other people and remember what that was like for you to, to, to not belong somewhere like how like anytime somebody anytime you're thinking about making a space for other people. Anytime you're, you see somebody that's coming into your world, whatever area of life you're in, like ask yourself, man, what did it feel like to not fit in and to not belong? And do everything you can to make sure that you're not trying to make people fit into a box, um, but that you're just letting them know that, hey, you belong here um, because you are here.
0: Ooh. Oh, I mean, I think about a first dance class, and or the first time someone steps into a gym. Mm. I have a dear friend who joked around about. I went to the gym the other day, and everybody else looked done. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I was starting, and everybody else looked done. Like you're done, go home. <laughs> like, and he said, and I felt so. Like I, I was going in there and proud of myself for going, but that first day, and I said, you're never going to have a first day ever again. And I think mm-hmm. that's the, what does mm-hmm. it look like to remember what it feels like to have a first day, whether that's in a church, whether that's in a dance class, whether that's in a conversation that's difficult and hard. And It's the first time the person's talking about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to kind of put ourselves in the novice position. Right and say, how can I make this person not feel one level or another that we're just two beings experiencing this together? Um,
1: Uh, Yeah. yeah. And a quick political note from little Josie over here, Um, just the idea of you belong here because you are here. This is after election season, this episode is gonna come out, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So um, I'm just gonna say this no matter who wins, no matter what happens to all of my fellow immigrant community, to everybody hey, that's here here i am remember <laughs> you belong here because you are here no matter what anybody says and that's what my dad says so in paraphrasing i
0: love that i
1: you love belong
0: it here that's gonna be a t-shirt and we will give you credit oh yeah mm-hmm. oh, oh my gosh that's a great t-shirt for making spaces you belong hey, here because you are here hey. stop it
1: i just want a Stole t-shirt it.
0: I you got you're getting first sent to you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have goosebumps. This is great. Thank you for listening to the Making Spaces podcast. We would love to hear from you. How can we hear more about you, Chris, your work? Give us your... Um, someone gave us their MySpace <laughs> yesterday. Can <laughs> we address that? I have not processed that.
1: <laughs> Give
0: us okay. all of it. I, and he's I not old. Like,
1: I feel like we
2: should visit that MySpace because, yo... He's really standing on his own in this one.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) Like, yo, you belong. You belong, man. All right, Uh, (laughs) um, chrisrodriguezmovement.com. That's where I'll post my blogs. Um, That's where, yeah, that's where you can contact me, see what I'm doing. Um, I would love to connect.
0: I love that. Well, you can find me at Rev Sarah Heath on all things, including Rev dot com. You can find Josie. At Josie Takes the
1: World on Instagram. Josie Takes the on Twitter. And I do have a website, JosieTakestheWorld.com. But,
0: um, you know, it's not, don't look at it. It's not, it's not done. I actually <laughs> think it's really good. Um, <laughs> but also you can find us on Instagram at Making Spaces. And please leave us your voicemails, um, anchor.fm slash Making Spaces. Um, you can catch this podcast on all of you can catch on Spotify, Apple I'm, I always say wrong things so I'll just say all those are the ones everywhere. Sure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: all the places um, and just think of a place we're there, yeah. except for Stitcher I don't know if we're on Stitcher, we'll work on it um, so friends we, uh, we'll see you next week where we will be saving a space for you bye